anybody else wants to come with me, this moment will be the moment of something real and fun and inspiring. And we will do it together. Hello and welcome to Cruising Together, the show that is real, fun, and inspiring. And we will do it together. And we are doing it together. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Greg Shegel. I'm your other host, Chris Jeruso. And on this show, what are we do what are we doing, Chris? What is it that we're doing? We're talking about Tom Cruise movies. In what order? Chronological. All of them? That's right. Just Epi- me and you? You, me, and a guest who will cruise together with us. This sounds like a great show. It is. It sounds like it's real and that it's fun. It's also inspiring, Greg. Are we doing it together? Yes. Yes. Yes, we are. Let's introduce our guest. Our guest is an exciting guest. She's real. She's real. She's fun. She is fun. And she's inspiring. She is inspiring. She's a fellow cartoonist. We haven't had one of those in a while. I don't think. Yeah, it's been at least, what, one episode? One or two episodes? Sure. Since we've had a cartoonist? A she's real got, a real uh, drought. She's got real opinions about one Tom Cruise. And I have a question for her out of the gate. So let's bring her in. Welcome to the show, Erica Henderson. Thanks for having me, Greg and Chris. You're welcome. Are you ready to cruise with us? I am. Can I have for one question first. Did you know that Tom Cruise's real name was t- Thomas Cruise Maypother the Fourth? I did not know that. Boom! Tom Cruise authorities. This is what you're. This is what you're in the mix with. Okay. These are the kinds of facts we know. We have all the trivia about Tom Cruise at our fingertips. You have a question about Tom Cruise? Instant recall. Anything. Anything. Any questions? Okay. What colors his hair? Dark brown. <laughs> Uh, what height are his lifts? His real name is Thomas Cruise Maypother the Fourth. The Good lifts, job. the lifts are variable. Okay, depending on the actress. Depending on the actress, the the movie, the scene. He he aims for perfection, so he has. I think he has the full set of lifts <laughs> that they go by quarter inch increments, starting at zero, which would mean no lifts. The first lift would be a quarter inch, and then and then you add a quarter What's inch. What's the highest lift? Eight inches. Okay. And it goes in quarters? Yes. So that's he 32 go, levels. He might go seven and three quarters. 33 levels, because zero is a level. That's right. See? So, yeah. Erica, are you now convinced that we have all the answers to Tom? I, I'm thoroughly convinced. All right. We're Anytime, bringing the let's heat. cruise. Anytime you have another question, ask it. Just Anytime. bring it up. All right. This is the sort of thing... We do. Now, we focus on a movie with each episode with laser focus. I mean, we really get into it. We get into it. We we never deviate. We never <laughs> deviate unless we explore, we, unless we, we deconstruct. So the movie we're talking about in this episode, I think, is appropriate for our guest. The movie's called Interview with a Vampire. Why is it appropriate for our guest? Is she a vampire? Erica, are you a vampire? Only sometimes. 
Only sometimes. Only sometimes. That's part of the reason she was appropriate. The other reason is she is a horror slash monster movie watcher. And I think it's fun that this movie has Draculas in it. And she knows all about monsters and Draculas. Is that right? It's true. Yeah. I've seen as... all the bad vampire movies, including this one. Whoa, an opinion out of that game. <laughs> wow. All right, so should we talk about what this movie's about? Let's get the plot sorted, right? Let's, let's do it. Uh, let's we bring in our round-robin plot recap situation. Have you briefed Erica on how this goes? We're going to do it right now. Okay. I'll figure it out. Well, here's how it goes. Okay. You want to just figure it out? I, I guess that's easier. Are you telling me? <laughs> Chris, who wants to start? Me or you? You want to start. I will start. You'll go last, and you'll figure it out. All right. Okay. This is going to be fun. <laughs> All right. Louie, played by Brad Pitt, is in a hotel room with a reporter, played by Christian Slater. Interviewing Louis. Period. Louis tells the reporter about his life, and it all began, or at least the, the interesting part of his life, the story began at age 24, uh, where he, when he was a plantation owner and was really upset because he lost somebody close to him, and he was sad, and he wanted to end his life. Period. He, Louis, spent all of his time trying to make his life worse, you know, Fight Club style. <laughs> and eventually he's in a situation where he's about to die and in comes Lestat de Lion Force? <laughs> And murders everyone who's trying to kill him, and also the prostitute he was with who wasn't trying to kill him, but whatever. And brings Louis close to death, and then gives him a choice, period. I completely lost a little bit of attention to what's happening. <laughs> Louis becomes a vampire. And doesn't know what all that means. And he's like, hey, Lestat, can you help? A little help. Because I don't like being a vampire, and I don't like killing people. Help? Period. Lestat does his best to teach Louis how to be good at being a vampire, which involves killing lots of people. But Louis doesn't want to kill lots of people. He's still morally compromised every step of the way when it comes to being a vampire and he decides I don't want to be a vampire with you anymore I'm going to be a vampire all by myself period so Louis runs off crying <laughs> and <laughs> he finds a little girl with her dead plague consumed mother and suddenly is okay with murdering people and starts to murder the little girl Lestat shows up and Louis runs away again. <laughs> Period. <laughs> turns out, Lestat turns this little girl, played by Kirsten Dunst, into a baby vampire. And she is badass 
killing machine. Period. The three make a adorable <laughs> family, traipsing around the two parents and their lovely daughter, the three vampires, killing and murdering, all the while Louis sad <laughs> because he doesn't like it. Period. Eventually, the little girl, Claudia, decides that she does not like being a little girl and desires the body of an older woman because she's like 60 or whatever (laughs) and is angry at Louis and Lestat for turning into a vampire at such an early age and wish she had died instead and decides to plot against them, period. Claudia and Louis conspire, more Claudia, to kill Lestat. And they kind of do. And then they run off to Europe, where the old vampires live. Period. After searching far and wide, they finally find a new vampire, Armand, played by Antonio Banderas. And Louis asks Antonio Banderas after 150 years of being a vampire and knowing that he's a vampire, he asks Antonio Banderas, what are we? (laughs) And Antonio Banderas (laughs) says, uh, we're vampires, bro. (laughs) Period. Uh, One of the other vampires in their vampire playhouse... (laughs) figures out that Claudia and sort of Louis, but not really Louis, because he never actually does anything, (laughs) um, murdered Lestat. And the crime for murdering a vampire is murdering the other vampire. And they, the other vampires, the old vampires, conspire against Louis and Claudia period. Meanwhile, Claudia finds a nice lady, makes her into a Dracula, because she wants a mommy, and they want to make a family again. But it's too little too late, because the European vampires take Claudia and the lady, and they lock her in a cave, and the sun comes out and turns them into ashes, period. Antonio Banderas (laughs) rescues Louis from a coffin that was locked in a wall and says, uh, hey, sorry about that. Let's get out of here. (laughs) Even though I am the leader of all these vampires, like I said before, (laughs) turns out they don't really listen to me. We need to escape, period. But instead of escaping right away, Louis decides that he suddenly is okay with murdering everyone and murders all the other vampires. (laughs) And Antonio Banderas is like, that's cool. That's secretly what I wanted anyway, but I didn't tell anyone until you showed up because we're actually lovers. That's the subtext, (laughs) period. Something happens where Louis goes, screw Europe, I'm out of here. I'm going back to Louisiana where he finds Lestat who's like zombified corpsey style sitting in a rocking chair or a chair 
And Lestat's like, stay with me. Help me become healthy and awesome again. And Louis walks away because that's Louis' jam. <laughs> Period. Louis goes to San Francisco, a haven for his kind, and comes upon a guy who says, hey, I want to interview you. I just, I've just met you just now. I don't know anything about you. We should go. Inter- I, you should go. Let me interview you right now. And and then he begins to tell this guy his story. Thus, we now reach the opening of the movie. Period. Now that the story is done, Christian Slater's like, oh, my God, I want to be a vampire. And Brad Pitt's like, oh, my God, that's not why I told you the story. Did you even listen to me? Oh, my God. Period. And then Louis picks Brad, uh, Christian Slater up by his neck. Christian Slater's freaked out, gets in his sweet convertible, is driving over the Golden Gate Bridge, and Lestat pops up out of nowhere, bites this dude in the neck, says something quippy, and the movie ends. Period. Right? That's it. that's it. Couldn't get more concise than that. Round robin success once again. So as I was doing that, I noticed in the ra- in the round robin. So first of all, no. So as we were going, Erica was given a a shake of the head, <laughs> like you are wrong, bro. You are wrong. And I realized as soon as I finished my section, what I got wrong. Like that was a shake of the head saying you got it wrong. Yeah, or? I was. Yeah, I was. Yeah, he here's wrong. what I was wrong about. He got the intent of the scene wrong. Well, Claudia didn't even transform her, that lady into a Dracula. But there's that too, because she right. can't, because she's a baby. Is that why? Yeah, I guess like the <laughs> the baby vampires are like useless and need an adult vampire to like I don't know bite people for them. She seemed pretty hardcore. Yeah, the movie's not consistent. <laughs> <laughs> Erica knows the vampire rules. That's true. Okay, so. Which were not made explicit in this movie, so it, con- it was confusing to me, not knowing what the rules were. All right, let's talk vampire rules. One, apparently they can see the reflections. Also, well, also early on, they said that each one of them has different superpowers, <laughs> although Louis doesn't seem to have any. He's got the power of dour lameness. <laughs> he has, no, he has the power to retain mortal compassion. That's right, yeah, he has... Superpower. I don't know that's a superpower, but isn't it though? I mean, look around at all the humans that we know. Couldn't couldn't they all use a little bit more morality? You know what, Chris? I think you're right. I'm, I'm, I apologize if I'm being judgmental. No, man. To all the human listeners, all of well, yeah. Where would we be without the human listeners? <laughs> We'd be just playing straight to an audience of vampires. Yeah, a bunch of Draculas who can see the reflections or not. Stick, stick through the heart. No, that's that doesn't hurt us. Apparently, apparently being uh, poisoned by bad blood, which is said was bad. Yeah, which it was, uh, <laughs> and then having your throat slit. Yeah, and then set on fire. Yeah, and then fed to alligators. Right. is not good enough. Not good enough. No, <laughs> stat. We'll come back. And then after being set on fire a second time, still not good enough. So when Louis set fire to all the vampires in Paris, he was cutting their heads off. Well, some of them. He didn't cut every single That's one of their heads true. off. That's also true. And those guys were 
I'm on fire. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna emerge from my coffin in flames, <laughs> but fly like a rocket. I'm going to fly <laughs> yeah. around, yeah. <laughs> like they were getting catapulted from their. They were coffin. taking off like rockets. Can we go back? I like to do a thing where I I get a sense of very first experience with this movie. If this was not the first time you saw it, this was my first time. Did you have any knowledge leading up to it beyond Tom Cruise was in it? Um, I think I knew Brad Pitt was in it, too. And I think I knew Kirsten Dunst was in it. And you knew it was about Dracula. I did not know Antonio Banderas was in it. <laughs> well. And I did not know that Christian Slater was in it. All right. I have a feeling, Erica, you had seen this movie or knew of it? I saw it, I think, in college. And... Yeah, at that point, like I really like, I knew it was Anne Rice, but I hadn't read any Anne Rice. Sort of like had general idea of what her stuff was like. Okay, and it was all going to be like very overtly suggestive sexual monsters. I saw it in college in the theater. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> my friends, one of my friends had read the books and had actual opinions about it. Knew what this stuff was. I remember thinking the double fangs wait, were wait, cool. Did, did that friend? Like or dislike the movie? Dislike. Okay. Now, by I, double fangs, you mean top fangs and bottom fangs? No, they had there four across they had the four top. Four at top. Did, wait, I don't remember that. Yeah, they all had they all had two sets of fangs on on each side. I just thought they had pronounced canines. I believe it was double fangs. I thought that was cool, and I remember specifically when the movie ended, and they play uh, "Sympathy for the Devil." It's the it's a Guns N' Roses cover. Sympathy for the Devil. Yeah. This friend of mine said, that's the perfect song. That's the perfect song. <laughs> yeah, but I hated that cover. I was so mad at that cover. It was the it was the corniest, goofiest thing. <laughs> like in height, like now watching it the second time, I'm like, ugh, it's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I, I, you know what? It's, I'd even be okay with the cover, like with that song. I just can't, couldn't deal with that cover. I would rather them have played this sweet, sweet jam from the movie. Here it comes. It's a good song. He just puts that on the radio. <laughs> no, just like <laughs> if the music was playing. This is Lestat's like theme themeberry, jamboree. Right. Anyway. So there's that. What do you guys think of that little story from my college days? Pretty good, right? Yeah. So thumbs up or thumbs down on this movie? The movie. We'll start. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. I, I, I'll give it a thumbs down too. <laughs> like I, I was. Did you really struggling with that thumbs down? Well, I just I hate to be. This is the first time I haven't loved the Tom Cruise movie. That's I not think. true. Well, other th- except for those shaky start early in the in the run. I say, say once Tom Cruise became Tom Cruise and found his footing, started making awesome movies. This is the first time I thought I didn't like this. Now here's what I'm going to say though. I think part of the reason it's a thumbs down is because too much of this movie does not have Tom Cruise in it. (laughs) I'm going to say, I don't like Tom Cruise. I love Tom Cruise in this movie. Tom Cruise (laughs) is the best part of this movie and what makes it very watchable. And it took me a second to adjust because when he first shows up and he's got that blonde hair, that is a weird disconnect for me that I did not realize I had. Fabulous, fabulous blonde hair. 
I it was I I realized thinking because we've been watching a lot of these movies that every movie one of these starts and I'm like oh look there's Tom Cruise and it takes some time for me to let the character sink in and he stops being Tom Cruise. This one took me a little longer because of that blonde hair. It was so different visually that it took my brain longer to accept him as Lestat. Hmm. And then I was like, this guy's pretty great. And then he was gone. I was like, God, I've got to watch this idiot bum around for the next two hours. This is going to be torture. That's it. Hard stop. No, well, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that uh, just I, you know, putting myself in the position of the character Louie. Yeah. I felt like, OK, like he's the only guy with any kind of moral compass. He's the only vampire with a with that cares about people's lives and not wanting to hurt people. And so I, I didn't like I, I kind of uh, wanted him to win. Well, was he, on his side. He I cared, re- I, but he didn't do anything about it. He was a lame ass. Yeah, I'm not I, saying... I feel like this is like the same. That his story arc is the same as like Near Dark. But at least Near Dark, I sort of like cared about the guy. What's Near Dark? It's a vampire movie where like a guy gets bitten, turns into a vampire, doesn't want to be a vampire. It's like against his will, and he's trying to like get back to being human, but he won't kill anyone. So how? Do, well, like, how does that? What is? What does he do to resolve his problem? I think they had to kill the head vampire. And then he turns back to a person. Yeah. Oh, see, that's a nice rule. Kill the kill the leader. Everybody goes back to being a regular. Yeah. Well, that's more like like magic powers and stuff. But yeah. This this movie. This, this wasn't magic. Powers. <laughs> well, it was, but I think I want to. Uh, if we could expand on a, a, a something you said earlier about this movie being sexually suggestive. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> I felt like that's what the whole movie was about. I, I kind of couldn't help ignore. I couldn't ignore that it was very sexually suggestive in a homoerotic way. Well, Dracula's in general, from the very first Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula, everybody talks about how sexy vampires are. That's like a trope, correct or incorrect? Vampire yeah. expert. Kind of, yeah. So that's not surprising. Now that the homo addition to it seems specific to this movie right and and that's why i i'm wondering it, it seems to me that this movie was maybe written specifically with the agenda of anti-gay propaganda i don't know if that's true because i think this is a cult classic as like a, almost a campy thing i feel like it i, I think it reinforces Every negative stereotype. You mean of a predatory and, gay person? And fear. <laughs> yes. Of Who's going to turn you gay? Yeah. So straight they, people go to this. Yeah. They, huh. they try and recruit you <laughs> against your will. Even, you know, and, and uh, it, Brad Pitt's basically just getting abused into it the whole way through. He's never like. Yeah. He's kind of just kind of forced his way through. No, but then it, he's. But, but later on, Brad Pitt's like totally into Antonio Banderas. I mean, well, he yeah. decides he's not yeah. into it, like, yeah, at the finally, very end. He finally comes around. He decides, yeah, I guess after enough abuse, you can turn somebody <laughs> to the other side. Into a Dracula. We also see... Except they can't no, accept no, no. He, themselves. He, he just found a man that was nice to him. We also see... what <laughs> he, he did answer all his questions. He didn't answer all his questions. Lestat all he wanted. never answered questions. Lestat was just like, come on, man. It's a party. We can do whatever we want. This lady, this guy, we're on it. 
bite them? Antonio Banderas answered the one question, which was, uh, am I a vampire? And he said, yes. And then he said, I don't have any more answers for you. It's all, that was the only answer. That's the all he had. We <laughs> also question. see, to, in order to scare straight people, we see what happens when a gay couple adopts. Right? Yeah, the kid turns that out to be a monster. didn't go so well. Yeah. She, she had a dead body in all those dolls. I'm saying she it's just unfair. Wanted to be that lady. She just wanted to be that lady. I think it's unfair to real gay people because they're not like that. They're not all evil and horrible like Tom Cruise. Not all of them. Some of them are like Antonio Banderas, very supportive. <laughs> I found him real annoying, man. Oh, he was terrible. <laughs> so bad. Everything in Europe was terrible. Well, I'm saying every vampire was terrible. I think this movie is anti-Europe because it made me not interested. Oh, can I tell? Can I tell a story about this movie? I, I also like the part where, like, it's. I mean, I know it's of the times, but there's no judgment, even from the way it's viewed from our lens. That Louis had like what a billion slaves. Did you see his plantation? <laughs> They're all going to murder him. There's like 500 people out there. Yeah. Well, and he ate some of them. I had an observation about that. Was they were all just acceptance of of being enslaved. On this plantation until they found out, like, oh wait a minute, I think those, I think those are vampires. <laughs> we need to burn these guys down. Which makes this the third Tom Cruise movie with a house going up in flames. This one had like five houses going up in flames. Well, here the or they just leading up to Brad this point. Pitt's superpower was setting houses liked, on fire. He liked, to, he liked to burn things up. But this is the third one. You get a endless love, house goes on on fire. B, B Far and away, the big mansion set on fire in right, Ireland. Right, right. C, he sets his own house on fire and then also sets other houses on fire. Where? I don't, doesn't he? In in in, in, uh, in Europe. Everything's catching fire. You're talking about fire. Brad Pitt now. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying there's a Does third. Does it count because it's Brad Pitt doing it? I'm just saying there's a third Tom Cruise movie where uh, mansions are set on fire. But is Tom Cruise shirtless in this movie? I don't think he is. No. He I'll wears flowy he shirts. Uh, uh, what he is is another point of uh, speculation. If, if if you're getting scared off, uh, you know, scared away from gay people from this movie, is that once you become one, you are instantly transformed into looking fabulous. <laughs> Okay, to that end, even um, if you try and sabotage your own fabulous haircut, like young Claudia did, it just refabulizes immediately. I, I like that she still, in her anger, cut it into a different fabulous hairstyle. <laughs> it was just like a, it was just a shorter, amazing hairstyle. I gotta say, until that happened, it's like God, this long hair on Brad Pitt is the pits. Cut that, cut that hair, and then you're like, oh, he can't. Because it'll just grow right back, like a Play-Doh hair factory. Like a Play-Doh hair factory. <laughs> I thought his hair was pretty terrible. I thought Antonio Banderas' hair was pretty terrible. They just like horses' manes. Well, yeah, because it's like, I, I think they were going for like an old-timey thing, but I think people like still brush their hair at, at least have you it know, in, in the past. Like if you're colonial America, have it in a ponytail. No. Like he does at the end of the, like, when he's being interviewed. He's got it tucked back. He doesn't just look like a weird horse man. Well, he's like 90s style for the interview. Yeah. It could have been 1890s style. It was. I don't know if anybody ever walked around with just long flowing hair like that. Only Fabio. Only Fabio. 
only Fabio. And there's nothing. Also, guys who are going bald but want to like keep their really long hair, and they'll just like let it go. Yeah, there's that trick. There's that technique as well. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, she had good hair. Claudia had the good curls, the Shirley Temple curls, which happened right when she's turned into a vampire. Hair just, just yeah, just flourishes. That's what I'm saying. As soon as, yeah. as soon as you are turned to their side. You instantly become fabulous. Well, but, if, but why did Brad Pitt yeah. look like a horrible sad sack? Yeah, he was a sad sack, and then he got bit, and he was still a sad sack. His no. hair stayed horse mane. It did not. I, sure I would did. Just, he was able di- to pull it back and make it look nice. We're just going to have to agree to disagree nice. on how fabulous Brad Pitt's hair looked. Look, just because it was long and long, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make it fabulous. We'll have we'd have to go frame by frame, scene by scene. Tom Cruise's blonde curls were pretty sweet, and then he'd like tuck it into point that we had like one lock that oh, sort of so, fell in front. So that's so you found Tom Cruise to be the prettiest vampire. Yeah, he's your style. Yeah, he was the prettiest vampire. <laughs> he was the prettiest vampire. Yeah. All right, look, Erica does not like Tom Cruise's. How do you describe his face? It's a squirrely rat face. Squirrely it's rat. Just, it's face. a smug. He's never not smug. He's a pretty man. I mean, like, objectively, but he always looks a little, like, smug and like he's going to do something. And you oh, he's very self-satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> There's no question. I just, he, I can't. He knows he's Tom Cruise. And he walks around knowing it. Right. Yeah. It's hard to take, it's hard to not know. Like, if you're Tom Cruise, it's hard to not know it. You're probably getting bombarded all the time. Oh, my God, you're Tom Cruise. If he had even forgot for a second, somebody's going to say, are you Tom Cruise? You're right, I am. I'd just <laughs> forgotten for just the briefest <laughs> second. I think. How many times do you think that happens to him, though? As far as I've heard, and I've heard tales told, that his memory is pretty amazing, so it probably never happens. He never has forgotten. What about before who he is? <laughs> what about before he got all the insights and the technology and the tools available to him through Scientology? I don't know if that's what gave him the power of his remarkable memory. Well, it cured his dyslexia. That's true. That's uh, different. So if there was ever a time where he didn't remember he was Tom Cruise, it was probably pre-Scientology. Yeah, probably. And then, you know, I'm sure a family member was around <laughs> to remind him. Not his dad. He didn't get along with his dad. No, I didn't say his dad. What's I said going family on with his dad? I'm just, I'm, I'm eliminating. What's that What's question? What went on with his dad? I'm asking a question now. Uh, Chris? I think he's got, I think uh, his dad left his family and... You're saying book, Thomas Cruise may pother, may the third? the third, the third, yeah, yeah, because Tom Cruise's real name, Erica, is Thomas Cruise, may pother, the fourth. Okay. Trivia. Now, who's Tom Cruise's vampire dad in this movie? Lestat. Oh, wasn't it? Is Antonio it Armand? It seems that they imply that. It's like they. I but they don't supposed to know that. There's a lot of things in this movie. I feel like. Well, because there, there's like a part where. Brad Pitt was like, wait, you know of Lestat? And then Armand's like, yeah, yeah, I know. He's like, that's a name I haven't heard. He's like, <laughs> he says, more like LaDouche. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. And we're taking a little break here from Vampire Movie. <laughs> A movie interview, with vampires. Interview with the Vampire, colon, The Vampire Chronicles. It's a clunky title. 
Starring Tom Cruise as the vampire and yes. Brad Pitt as the other vampire. And Kirsten Dunst as the third vampire. And Christian Slater as future vampire. Well, we don't know if he goes vampire. We know he goes vampire. I don't know if he goes vampire. I think he does go vampire. Antonio Banderas as Tom Cruise vampire. is going to give him, Lestat is going to give Christian Slater's character the choice he never had. That's right. You're right. Yeah, that's right. That is what he says. And we know Christian Slater wanted it. He wanted it so bad. He was asking Brad Pitt, bite me. He's <laughs> like, bite me, man. He's like, eat my shorts. Man, this is such a great episode. Where can I hear more episodes? Where can I go for information on that? Hatterentertainment.com slash cruising. That's the website. That's where the show lives. That's where you can uh, listen can, to every show. You can stream them all from right from there, direct. Direct streaming. If you don't like to stream, though, what are there, is there any way we can uh, have a MP3? Information tunes. Is it information tunes? I or think. Intelligent I, tunes? It's, uh, what does the I stand for? It's the I don't know tunes. I don't know tunes has it. You can subscribe there. Uh, we encourage you to leave a review and, and a five-star rating. If you uh, want a review, you can leave the words... Real, fun, inspiring, any of those? And vampire. <laughs> Perfect review. <laughs> vampire would be great. Ooh, better than vampire, though. Dracula. Yes. Dracula. Such a good word. Uh, yeah, do that. Also at the website, you can email us, or you can email us at cruising at com. You can donate to the show. Let's hear from you, folks. Yeah. Send us your missives. We're also on Twitter, at Cruisin' Show. What are we plugging this week, or this episode? We're plugging our guest, uh, Erica Henderson. That's her name. Don't wear it out. Erica Henderson. Erica Henderson. Oops. Did you wear it out? I wore it out. <laughs> oh, Sorry, man. Erica. I feel like if you were going to wear it out there, you'd be like, Erica Henderson, Erica Henderson, Erica Henderson. Well, now it's really worn out. Yeah, like a cassette tape, analog style. Well, let's see if we can uh, uh, make up for wearing out her name. She draws comics. She's very good at it. She's very good at it. Which comics does she draw? Well, she, at the moment, she is super hot, famous for drawing Squirrel Girl at Marvel Comics. Yeah, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. She's also announced as the artist on the upcoming revamp of Jughead for Archie Comics. Jughead, arguably the best character from Archie Comics. Certainly the fan favorite. Based on what other people tell me. Yeah, Jughead's awesome. Not looking to start a fight. I'm not going to fight you. I'm saying if people want to leave comments, don't mention Jughead. Dracula. Yeah, Dracula. What if Jughead became a Dracula? Uh, that could happen. That might have happened in some Archie comic somewhere. Erica Erica has a Tumblr, does she not? She does. It's ericafailsatlife.tumblr.com. She loads that thing up with sketches. A lot of sketches. And they're very cool looking. Yeah, it's true. So check them out. All right. I will plug my website, hatterentertainment.com. That's where uh, this show lives. If you just take off the slash cruising, then you'll see everything else I do. My podcast, Stuff Said. My book, Picks One Weirdest Weekend. Other things of that nature. If you go to the Picks 
site, pixcomic.com, and enter coupon code CRUISIN. You'll get 15% off the paperback or the digital version or the combination of those two nice. things. What do you got, Chris? ChrisGComics.com is my website, and you can go there and find all the info you need on G-Man, the G-Man Super Journal, the latest book. How about that G- web strip? G-Man Web Comics. Yeah. Weekly web comic written and drawn by G-Man every yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Daily sketch cards. Tune in every day just to see which face and mask of a superhero I drew today. <laughs> They're great drawings. Uh, we have not gotten any mail, but again, similar to people asking about Going Clear, we're getting a lot of people asking about Rogue Nation, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, and what we're going to do. Uh, I think it's important to let people know that the movie comes out like a month from today, roughly. Exactly. But, but we're doing these movies in order. Right. So while we will see the movie and we will do an episode for Rogue Nation, it will not happen like immediately after the movie. Like we're going in order. So we cannot deviate from these strict parameters. If you want to know what we think, maybe maybe consider following us on Twitter at Cruisin' Show. Yeah. I think maybe that's a good place to drop some some yeah. Rogue Nation knowledge. Sure, we could we could comment. We might, we might, if we even see it. Well, it we're seeing out. it. I feel like, like imagine if we see all third, like thirty-eight movies, and then just stop. We're like, hey, we're not going to see Rogue Nation. I'm saying the day it comes out, the weekend oh. it comes out. Well, that w- that will determine out. a month from now, right? Uh, but what we should do right now? But that trailer, it's up. Trailers Pe- up. People love trailers. Trailers. If you go to our Twitter, people love trailers. I think even more than they like movies. People love anticipation. Anticipation. What do you call that anticipatory? I call it anticipatory culture, and that could be an entirely new... I mean, we've already... Hashtag. I mean, look, we've already had an interview with the vampire. Now you're going to interview me? Well, I'm sorry. Let's get back to business. Back to the business of vampire talk. Here we go. We're back. Ready for round two. I want to see we get started. So you want me to tell you the story of my life? Oh, sounds boring. I'll tell you my story. I'll tell you all of it. I'm flesh and blood, but not human. Haven't been human for 200 years. From the novel by Anne Rice. From Neil Jordan, the director of The Crying Game. I've come to answer your prayers. Life has no meaning anymore, does it? His name is Lestat. What if I could give it back to you? Pluck out the pain and give you another life. One you could never imagine. You lie on a bit of satin. He chose one man. He gave him infinite power. Eternal life. And a daughter who would be forever young. This is the only real evil left. And then he took what? The light of day. 
This is a deceptive trailer. Almost top of Almost. Never knew what life was until it ran out in a red gush over your lips. I can't stand this any longer. You made us what we are, didn't you? If God kills indiscriminately, and so shall we. You like dying? You condemn me to hell. You can't handle the truth. That was good. I want some more. <laughs> Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Stephen Ray, Antonio Banderas, Kirsten Dunst, and Christian Slater. I'm surprised that Kirsten Dunst is in the, with the, in the opening credit crawl, like in the trailer, because like, nobody knew who she was. Yeah, like she's just some kid. <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand that either. But I want to talk about something. All right. There's a few things. So I watched this movie in parts because that's how I do things sometimes. But I was watching on an aeroplane on my portable device, this movie. And I happen to be watching the part where they are in Europe. And they're in the Vampire Playhouse. And I'm on this plane. And they bring out a lady on the stage. And they begin to undress this lady <laughs> on on the stage. And she is topless. And then, in this movie, they drop all her clothes and she is bottomless. I want to talk about... Did they kick you off the plane? I want to talk about airplane etiquette. <laughs> and when is the right time to stop the movie? Were you... Where, where were aisle. you seated? Oh. I was on an aisle. Mm. Now, I'm going to say, I did stop D- the movie. Did you know this was coming? No. Okay. I did stop the movie at a certain point. <laughs> Which point was that? I want to know what the rules are, because I want to know if I broke rules. This was an evening flight from South Florida to New York. It was a 6.45 flight. It didn't take off till about 7.30. So it was dark out. <laughs> Were there children seated around you? I don't recall seeing children around me. Were people asleep? I don't remember. Evening. I was watching this movie. Was anybody looking over your shoulder or leaning in? I don't think so. The lady to my left was working on something. I don't remember what. She was on her laptop typing. I would have said that... Uh, keep watching it because you've seen the movie so far and this is the first instance of it it's likely to be short and done with which it was yeah figure if you pause it right there then you're just stuck with boobs on the screen like until you change the screen well i was watching it and i was like oh boobs i should probably stop this but i'm like i think everybody's i think i did do a, a quick turnaround and they were adults from what i could see yeah adults have seen that and i think it was during drink service so people were Occupied. So keep watching. Or were you concerned that people would look over and get excited and then want to like pull it? Yeah. Like just right there on the plane? (laughs) (laughs) No, I wasn't concerned that anybody's going to start beating it on the plane. I was more concerned like, are people going to be like, why is this guy watching 
pornographies on the airplane. I feel like they would know it's not pornography. Well, again, I didn't know what was coming. So I'm like, well, if it's no, just but, everybody but around you. But they're still like... <laughs> <laughs> I figured like, okay, they're going to kill this girl soon enough. I was surprised. I, I'd forgotten that there were boobs in this movie. You'd think I wouldn't, but I did. Well, there were so many opportunities for boobs up until that point that it was weird that there were suddenly boobs. Right. So I here's what I did. When they pulled all the clothes off, I hit stop immediately because <laughs> I did not know what was going to happen. And then I did not realize that that was a second. And then they kill her and it's over. But that was my line. I'm like, if they're, I can't have this here right now on an aeroplane. This is private stuff. Am I wrong? I I could understand feeling uncomfortable. You're in a public setting. Did yeah. you just fast forward it a little? Some kind of pre- no, because I didn't know how much. I just literally stopped it and did something else. But I think I would have waited. I would have waited it out. Been like, okay, if this if this isn't done after thirty seconds or a minute, so you would have gone thirty seconds of full frontal. I'm not sure. This is what I'm asking. I didn't go I think, a second. I think I would have gone 42 seconds. Erica, how much would you go in seconds or minutes or hours a full frontal on an iPad screen? I mean, if I've already checked and nobody's looking at me, I guess that's not really an issue because movies never keep anything up for that long. Depends on the movie, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, but you know it's not that kind of movie. Right. I think. It was in Europe, though. Who knows? They do a theater show where they're... They got a guy, Stephen Ray. Yeah, the Stephen Ray. The Stephen Ray, who in wa- watching that movie, I'm like, oh, this guy's like a mu- like the old Christoph Waltz. Get the look of a Christoph Waltz doing his little mirror dance. I don't know what they're doing out there in Europe. It's those crazy European vampires. Crazy Europe. Okay, so something else we talked about during the break. I said, I'm so glad you guys thought. Louis was lame and terrible. And Erica, you said... I agree. He's the worst. And Chris, you said... No, he wasn't. He was the best. The best, you say. All right. Here we go. This is the court of the interview of the vampire. I'm going to be the judge. Erica, you are the attorney for the case against Louis. All right. Chris, you are representing Louis. Court is now in session. Uh, Erica, your opening <laughs> statement. Okay. It's true that Louis is the only person in this movie, or the only vampire in this movie, who seems to hang on to any human morality, like not wanting to murder people and just torture anyone around them because he thinks that they're still, like, he's still, he kind of. But he still, he doesn't, okay. He doesn't want to kill anyone, but he does think that they're not as great as vampires. Like, he does look down on people. And then he doesn't do anything to stop anyone else from doing anything. He just hands around, he hangs around and kind of mopes about it. But he's never, until like the very end, until he like murders some other vampires, decide that he's going to do anything about it. Chris, that's all your rebuttal? That's all true? Uh, I think I just, you know, I, I'm a little bit compassionate to his struggle. I hope this is going somewhere, counselor. <laughs> uh, may I proceed with 
with respect to the to this court. You may, but yeah. I, but I'm watching you. He's he's depressed as a human. Then he gets turned into a vampire, and it's like he's locked into eternal depression. No, no, no. But he's Counselor, everything about him. Hold on, perfect. hold on. <laughs> okay, hold on. You have to say objection. All right. All right. And what your objection is, and I can sustain or overrule it. Objection. Would he not get over his mental illnesses if everything about them becomes perfect and will continue to stay perfect? Now, which one means sustained means I agree, right? Yeah. <laughs> sustained. Continue, Chris. Well, I'll concede that point <laughs> along with I don't understand any of the rules of vampirism in this movie. Many things about this movie didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> it, was, it was inconsistent. So I, I, I didn't. I don't know. I just know that. Had I been in his position, I would have been similarly afflicted with depression and feeling bummed out every step of the way. Maybe with some more positive thinking, he could have like figured out like a more positive way that he could live his life instead of like, well, I don't belong with all these evil vampires. I but just then, realized but then we're, then we're, we're, we're veering into cruise control territory. I just realized as the judge, I have to recuse myself from this case because I started from the outset saying that Louis was lame. <laughs> and no matter what <laughs> argument you present, all I could think was he was lame. Your empathy is duly noted, Chris, that if you were in his position, you might feel the same way. But evidence in the movie points to everybody else feeling awesome once they're a vampire. Fabulous hair. Live in, live in La Vida. Vampiro. Except for Sad Sack Louie. Okay. So you're, you're saying it wasn't a condition of him being locked into whatever mindset he was in as a human. Yeah. That should have been overcome. Claudia so was crying for her mother. Turns into this girl with Goldilocks hair. Has a sip of blood and says... I want some more. Like, she is gung-ho, yeah, that's ready a to little boogie. Kid. That's a little kid you give candy to. I want another piece of candy. Give me some more candy. But wasn't Louie was. given a choice? Yeah, wasn't Louie... Well, no. That, I think, was a, a real misnomer. All right. Because Louie's, like, on his... I'll concede that. ...final throws, and Lestat shows up, and he goes, here's your choice. All right, and he just bites him in the neck. <laughs> he doesn't give him any real options. Well, he oh, he but he him. can read minds. Lestat can. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. He huh? bit him, and then he said, "You can you can either die from this, or I can bring you back and turn you vampire style." Right, but that's not a lot of information. So okay, so basically, then what remains? The only evidence we have is that Brad Pitt is depressed because he hates killing, and the way that other people have no conscience when it comes to it. But Brad Pitt even figures out, like, "Oh, I could do rats and animals. I'll be good." Still sad sack. But it's like what's. He's he's in search of what's the meaning of this, what's the meaning of life, what are what are all the answers, things that humans also search for and struggle with in real yeah, life. But his way of doing it was by asking the one guy who's never going to tell him anything <laughs> and doesn't want him to do the things yeah. that he's doing. Go to a th shrink, man. Go to a therapist. Well, and he knew that there were other vampires. Well, uh, Your Honor, <laughs> we're veering uncomfortably close to cruise control territory. What should he have done instead? Case closed. And this time I'm gonna do it my way. You have a reaction, Erica? Are you confused? I, I'm a little confused. What just happened? 
Cruise Control is the segment where we are now in control of the movie. What will we change to make it better? Or just change, right? Or change in general. What would you change about the movie? Since we were veering so close to Cruise Control, I, I, I figured we should just get into it. Right. Now, Erica is a little bit caught off guard. Maybe she should give her a little time to we'll process. We'll give her some time to process Are Cruise you Control. Are you ready? I'm ready. Greg. Are you saying that I'm in cruise control? You are in cruise control. I would cut out everything that happened in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I really disliked it's most of that. The entirety of Europe. And I might have recast Brad Pitt as Louis or rewritten Louis. But I feel like Brad Pitt did not bring like the pathos and stuff you're talking about. I feel like somebody else could have emoted way better. This Brad Pitt we saw was the same Brad Pitt in Meet Joe Black, and I like that better than this. Because that made more sense than this. As I use Brad Pitt hands to make Brad my Brad Pitt's point. famous for using his hands to talk. He is. Like he did all throughout this movie. That's what I'm saying. He was dull as dirt in this movie. In Meet Joe Black, he's compelling in some sort of interesting way. In this, he's boring. Well, I've never met Joe Black. So I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it's a motion picture. An anyway, emotional picture? Emotional picture. Yeah, it is emotional. Is it depressing? Depends how you feel about death. D- does death depress you? Many people struggle with, you know, what is the meaning of life, and they're searching for answers. Yeah. Well, Meet Joe Black is about uh, death, and it's. I like it. A lot of people don't like that what movie. What would you change about Meet Joe Black if you could? You're in control. If I'm in control of Joe, meet Joe Black? Yeah. That's what this segment's all about, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I mean, I like to meet Joe Black. People complain that it's slow and long. I don't know, maybe, yeah, I don't know. I, I like Joe Black, meet Joe Black. I don't know if I would change anything about it. More Claire Forlani? I don't know. If I could change <laughs> anything about Joe, meet Joe Black... It would be that I have seen it before we were having this discussion so I could contribute Erica? in some meaningful way. What would you change about Meet Joe Black? I would want to watch the movie that it was based on. Death so Takes that a Holiday? I can then, yes, Death Takes a Holiday, so that I could then critique it from more angles. This is an awful lot of homework for me to do <laughs> in the past. Now, was Death Takes a Holiday based on a, a written story? I feel like it might have been. I, a short story I, I can only. I've only gone down so many levels. Yeah. Too many levels. So let's come out of those levels. Chris, interview with the vampire. You are in cruise control. Well, I think uh, Louis <coughs> should have, um, you know, this is very difficult to do when you're in an abusive relationship, but you know, he needs to get distance from Lestat, which he tried to do, but every time he attempted, you know, Lestat was like right on top of you. He sensed he could read the minds, like Eric was saying. So he always knew when, when Brad Pitt was trying to pull away and then he'd pull some kind of shenanigans like, uh, now we have a baby. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really hard to move away when you don't have a support system. He was entirely reliant upon Lestat. But if I was in control, I would have given him just that extra bit of strength <laughs> or maybe you know a, a friend that he could confide in. But what see, would that friend's name be? Uh, how, about, uh, how about Jeff? Jeff? Yeah. Oh, Lord. That's a great name. It is. My Jeff brother's name a, is Jeff. A, you know, a, a, like a G-E-O or J-E-F-F? J-E-F-F. Okay. Um, a distinguished uh, bearded gentleman. Okay. 
that could help like run his we, errands and things, answer his emails, take his messages, <laughs> that sort of a thing. Get him, get him away from the oppressive bossiness of Lestat, <laughs> always running the show the way he needs to, to be run. <laughs> no, Oh, you have an idea? That's a bad idea. This is the way it's going to be, Louis. Wow. You listen to me. And I would have said, okay, you know, and then... Um, I feel like the movie would have really changed if that circumstance. And I said, hey, Lou, Louis should be... Uh, you know, maybe Jeff would encourage Louis, look, you know, you should... You, you should come work out with me. Come to the gym, you know, get yourself in shape, get the endorphins going. You, st- you start to feel better. Take some vitamin supplements. I mean, I can't really, I can't in- interject because this is your cruise control. And my, I know and what my, you're going to say. You're going to say Louie was in fine shape already. And my interjection would get us into Top Toms. <laughs> so. And then the interview itself. Yeah. All right. It wouldn't be just like some guy that he bumps into. It should be a job interview for this vampire. So that he can have he can finally create some meaning and some purpose in life. Like, okay, now my life means something because I'm taking this ragtag team of street kids and turning them into a basketball team that on paper has no business in this league, but defies all odds and goes on to win the championship. New scenario. Chris, you are Louie. Erica, you're a job recruiter. Where, where do I work? You're no, just like, am I a headhunter like, or yeah, you're am a I... headhunter. Okay. You're like placing, you like figuring out what Louis is best suited for. Okay. So I want to see what kind of job Louis ends up with. All right. Begin the interview. Hi. <laughs> Hi, I was hoping that you could maybe connect me with an employer. Um, I'm willing to start at the bottom, work my way up. I'm a hard worker. Um. What do you have for me? Well, uh, can I see your resume? <laughs> uh, what's what's that? <laughs> it's a list of all the jobs that you've had. Oh, jeez, I never really kept a list because. Uh, right, could, just, could you just tell me? What, I mean, if you don't I've have it here with you. Can you just tell me. Blood for the last two hundred years to survive. I never really. I didn't even know there was like a list of jobs. Well, okay, the last job I had. <laughs> I was in charge of a pl- um well I over- Oh yeah, I, also Erica, you're a black woman. I had in this scenario. <laughs> I had several uh employees uh that answered to me and uh I, w- I was I was Okay, the boss. so you see you led a team. You worked with animals. I have great leadership skills. <laughs> okay, that's good. Uh, let's see. All right. So, what kind of job are we going to give Louie? Now we're out of the scene. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not. I'm not going to oh, ask him an, any terrible interview questions. Like, if he could be a tree, what kind of tree would he Hit be? Hit him with it. We're back in the scene. If, if you could be a tree, what kind of tree would you be? Oak. I'd be, Why? I'd be a, because an oak tree is strong and dependable. <laughs> like a weeping willow, Louie. <laughs> hey, look at me. I'm Lestat. <laughs> <laughs> I've interjected on this interview. <laughs> And that's what would happen. Lestat would try and get him fired for yeah. every, every job. Let me tell you something, Louis, Erica, the Louis, interviewer. What is, what is your worst habit? What what is, what is the uh, most detrimental thing you can bring to this well, position? My worst, my worst quality, ma'am. Is he doesn't know what he's capable of. My worst quality, ma'am. He's a killer. He doesn't even know it. Excuse me, sir. 
Sir, yes? this is a private interview, and I'm going to have to call security. Nothing's private when I'm around. I am Lestat. Sir? <laughs> if I may answer the question, my worst quality is I care too much. Okay. Okay. He's a child. And scene. <laughs> Erica, you are in cruise control. Okay. Well, just on top of, you know, everything we've already said about Louis. <laughs> Um, I think for such a completely unsubtle movie, there was no need for all of these coy nods at homoeroticism. Like, I don't know, just make them make out. That's like all anyone's going <laughs> to that movie for. Yeah. And if they're, if they're so concerned when they're in that hotel room and, and, and Lestat gives his big, you can't handle the truth speech, make it a foursome trick people into it. There were two ladies in there. They were into it. Well, they, I mean, there, they there, were, there were two ladies in there. Well, That's I what I'm w- saying. I was, I was very, I was convinced that Antonio Banderas and Brad Pitt were going to make out. They were so close. Their faces they, do get they real were close. smoldering. Closer, they were just... closer, closer. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, that's as far as they're going to go. And then they go even closer. And I'm like, <laughs> they're, they're really going to do it. And then they didn't do it. They didn't Which, do it. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of cruise control or you got more? I don't know. That's, that's I, it. I got. I got. A, I Maybe got we'll one fill more. in like any right. of those. Well, I would here. like for there to have been some consistency with the humans being attacked, because some of them seemed to just flat out enjoy getting their blood drained from them, and then others screamed the way a person might in real life if somebody bit into them. True. I think it, yeah, I think that had to do something with like the biting and the sucking process. Oh, the process. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because. Uh, in the in the room, the uh, you're a killer room. Yeah. Well, like the whole time having that speech, that one woman's like freaking out. Before she's freaking out, she's totally into whatever's happening to yeah. her. And then she looks down, uh, see it's blood. And then she's like, oh, my I God. At I'm first, hurt. it's like it's almost orgasmic. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, my God, I'm bleeding and dying. But like, I can't tell if she's in pain. Yeah, it's hard to tell. She's just freaking out. Yeah. But there's another chick that they they double team. <laughs> yeah. She's loving every second of. She not for a minute does she resist. She's into it. Yeah. To, hey, different strokes for different folks. All right, good. Uh, should we go right into top toms? Yes. Top Toms, where we talk about our Top Tom Cruise things. So I've I've come out already saying that Tom Cruise makes this movie better and watchable. So, but I can't really say everything with Tom Cruise in it. So I'm going to say when Lestat comes back from the dead and he's like all zombified. That's my. And he's like playing the when piano. He's playing the piano. Yeah. That's, I'm going to call that my top Tom because it's like it's full. He reaches full potential of being creepy and scary and dangerous as a Dracula. And it's just like another level. Like he levels up as a vampire character. Thank you. Are you ready, Erica? Or would you take? Uh, would you I'll, I'll go. All, All right. right. I'm going to pick the very last scene in the movie because <laughs> when he... He has Christian Slater in the car. He brings back the, I'm going to give you a choice that I was never given. Right. 
and then puts on Simply for the Devil and drives off in a convertible, which I don't even know how he can, he knows how to drive because two scenes earlier he saw a helicopter and nearly shit himself. <laughs> um, Wait, when did he see a helicopter and nearly shit himself? When when he was like in. Oh, but he was still the decrepit. Plane. It was the light he was. Oh yeah, it was the light. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> what, is this, what is this mechanical? That's right. These the machines. These infernal the machines. machines. <laughs> but. I think this is another, like, take it to the next level, where, like, in the scene Greg was just talking about, he's brought to the next, like, monster level. This is, like, him in the monster sequel level. This is, like, the second Nightmare on Elm Street, where he's, like, kind of ridiculous. Right. <laughs> like, you're not really scared anymore. You're just like, okay, now he's going to say quippy things all the time. What did he, does anyone remember what he said? Is he like, I'm back? Like, <laughs> he said something, right? He said, uh, he said, uh, here's Johnny. Here's Lestat. <laughs> let's get some I- let's get an IV Lestat that's gonna be in the sequel <laughs> Chris top Tom my top Tom was the moment Tom Cruise shows up after Brad Pitt bites Kristen Dunst he pops out of nowhere <laughs> like Ashton Kusher on an episode of Jackass like you mean, ah you mean punked on an episode of punked <laughs> He's like, you just been punked, man. I knew it. I knew you were going to do it, and you did it. And he's like laughing at him and tormenting him. That's true. That's good. Tom Cruise is pretty great in this movie. Yeah. he's Well, he's great at being the worst. Well, but he's also like the only vampire I'm at all convinced is a vampire. Everyone else, like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure they're just Vampire the Masquerade LARPers. Well, again, I think Claudia is a vampire. Are you oh, saying okay, Claudia's pretty great. Yeah. Even while he's in his 50s, he still has that youthful, boyish, handsome, pretty boy look to his face? I mean, and are, only are a we, vampire are we saying it? that, like, Brad Pitt and Antonio Banderas got, like, disgusting? Because <laughs> they seem all right. Yeah, they're pretty all right. Yeah, they're pretty good looking. Yeah, I think, I think all the male leads that we did okay <laughs> well, for themselves. Well, well, I would say that I'm convinced all of them were good vampires, but you're saying only Tom Cruise. Well... I just and I say, you're, are you basing Kirsten it Dunst. only on his performance? I am, I am. Ooh. Oh my! And that's Top Tom. Are there any vampire rules we have not covered? They never get into garlic. I guess they don't. Do they? I don't know. Nope. Didn't you say, didn't Brad Pitt at the beginning, he, he said, what about stakes to their heart? He's like, please. He's like, what about crosses? I think that I love looking. That's right, yeah. What about light? I love looking. I love the light. Turns out that's not true. Sunlight kills him. Yeah, sunlight does kill him. All right, and then he says, what about garlic? He's like, I love it on my Italian food. I I put it uh, uh, on my pasta fagioli. Erica, as the Dracula authority. And you said Lestat's a good Dracula. Can you rank better Draculas, or where do you where do you put them in the hierarchy of Draculas? Ooh, I don't know. I got another vampire power. But thing, what's what's vampire power? Turning into a bat. Well, sometimes they fly. Yeah. Why wouldn't they like they sh- like? Why would not, they be flying all the time? Not because all of them awesome. fly. Not all of them can fly. No, because they really had different powers. Lestat didn't fly. I don't. Oh no, he sort of flew. Or was he just really fast? The was first like time flash? Lestat bit into Brad Pitt, he picked him up, <laughs> cradled him lovingly. And they do fly. To his bosom. They levitate. 
And uh. he, he lifted him into the sky, the moonlight shining down upon them. Yeah. And he sunk his teeth into Brad Pitt's exposed neck. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Such a pause for such a dramatic oh, word. I was to think of another word for neck. Clavicle? There isn't one. Clavicle? Well, no, he didn't bite into the, the clavicle. Neck. It's a different part of the body. Nape? Nape is the back of the neck. Yeah. Whatever, bro. You Adam's epo? Like, why does nape even exist as jugular? a Jugular? That's what I want to know. Jugular. It's, it's, it, it jugular. works for, for animals. You know, like when mama cats carry babies? Mama cast? Cats. Cats. Oh, I thought you were talking Kitties. about mama cast. When the mama's and the papa's. No, no. no. That's, a, that's a whole other podcast. Which one? The Mama Cast podcast? <laughs> yeah. Mama Cast cast? Yeah. <laughs> the Mama Cast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So do you have an all-time favorite vampire of all time? For all time? Mm, since forever? Uh, mm. What about the Dusk Till Dawn vampires? Never saw it. What about Bela Lugosi? What about Blackula? It's pretty good. What about good. the littlest vampire? You mean Claudia? No, the kid from Jerry Maguire. What about Vampire in Brooklyn? Yeah, what about Vampire in Brooklyn? Is that a thing? Eddie yeah. Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Oh, God. I'm running out of vampires. Dracula. The we Count were, from Sesame up? Street. Oh, the Count's pretty good. Oh, they technically not good. a vampire. He's just a Count. About I mean, he's got the teeth, right? He he's got teeth. the teeth, yeah. yeah. How about he's Beliac the Vampire? How about the Count? How about the Dracula from Castlevania? How about Count Chocula? Ooh, Count Chocula's pretty good. And Bunicula? Bunicula's pretty good. That's a rabbit Dracula. I know. Yeah. Still a Dracula. <laughs> it's still a Dracula. <laughs> Is it offensive that I keep calling vampires Draculas? It's offensive to Dracula, I think, because it diminishes his place at the at the top of the... What about the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula, which version of Dracula in that is your favorite. I like Top Hat and Little Red Glasses. Oh, the... Uh, I don't understand a word you, you just you, said. Wait, you mean Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, God, that that movie. Francis Ford Coppola movie. Okay, like maybe types. maybe at the very beginning, because that movie is like painful to watch, um, when he gains his powers by Red stabbing armor. a church to death. Red Armor Dracula, right? Yeah, but only in the moment when he stabs a church to death. Okay. He, like, stabs a church and it bleeds. Like, that's that's some pretty great Dracula power. Chris, your favorite Dracula in that movie? I've never seen it. Thank you. We'll see you all again. Sleep tight. <laughs>